Happy Easter, Woodlands Church. How are you? Are you? Yeah, you guys are alive and doing great. If you're still breathing, then that's a great day. Hey, we're celebrating today the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we're gonna celebrate because it's a party. It's a celebration service. It's not a funeral service. Yeah. When Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, it rocked the disciples, it rocked all of Jerusalem. I mean, these events didn't happen in a vacuum. All of Jerusalem was talking about the resurrection. Over 500 people saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. It was well documented. And 2,000 years later, this groundbreaking news, it's rocked the whole world. But the best news of all, is that Easter can make all the difference in your life today. Because Christ came back to life, we can come alive. Ken Davis tells about a woman who looked out the window of her house and was horrified to see her dog shaking the life out of the neighbor's pet rabbit. And her family and the neighbor's family didn't really get along, so her dog killing the neighbor's pet was sure to make things worse. She didn't know what to do, but she ran outside and she yelled at her dog. She was so mad and the dog finally dropped the rabbit who was by now extremely dead. And so she just panicked. But then she thought of an idea. She took the end of a broom and lifted the rabbit and brought it into her house and then took it directly to her shower and turned on the water. And then she ran the water over the rabbit's lifeless body and after the rabbit was clean, she took a hair dryer and dried the rabbit's fur, and then she took an old brush and, and groomed the rabbit until he looked pretty good. And then when the neighbor wasn't looking, she went to the back gate and sneaked across the neighbor's yard and propped the rabbit up in his cage. No way was she taking the blame for this. About an hour later, she heard screams coming from the neighbor's yard, and she ran outside pretending like she had no idea what was going on. And her neighbor came frantically running to the fence in total shock, screaming, our rabbit, our rabbit, he died two weeks ago, we buried him, and now he's back. <laughs> well, that Easter bunny didn't rise from the dead. But Jesus did. And talk about being totally shocked. The disciples couldn't have been more surprised when Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, they were in the depths of despair. They never even considered the possibility of a resurrection. When Jesus died, they felt like their whole world died with him. But that Easter Sunday shocked them, and it changed their lives forever. When Jesus rose from the dead, it brought them back to life. Christ's resurrection resurrected all their hopes and their dreams, like the first buds of spring after a long and harsh winter they came alive again. And this Easter, that's really our prayer for you. You know, like the buds of spring coming after a long winter, we want you to experience resurrection. We want you to come alive. That's because of Jesus' resurrection 2,000 years ago, you can experience a resurrection in your life today. That's really our prayer for you. I know we've all been through a pandemic. We all have pain and problems and heartache. We all have to go through hard stuff. But with Easter, it is like the arrival of spring. You can come alive again. 
And I believe God has some new blessings in store for you. I believe God has some new paths for you to take. I believe God wants to do some new things in your life. He wants your joy to come back alive. He wants to bring your hope back to life. He wants to bring some of those dreams back to life. It is time to come alive. And I want you to look at Ephesians 2, beginning with verse four. It says, but God, so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were spiritually dead and doomed by our sins, he gave us back our lives again when he raised Christ from the dead. Only by his undeserved favor have we ever been saved. Because of Easter, you can come alive and experience life to the full. But to come alive this Easter, I think we need to go back and experience the first Easter. And to experience the power of that first Easter, really we need to look at what led up to Easter Sunday. So I want us to look at those three powerful days that really make up Easter. And first, of course, is Good Friday. But to the disciples, it was anything but good. In fact, for the disciples, it was more like dead end Friday. Look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. But Jesus, again, crying out loudly, breathed his last. At that moment, the temple curtain was ripped in two, top to bottom. There was an earthquake and rocks were split into pieces. When Jesus died on that Friday, there was an earthquake that shook the land. And on that dead end Friday, the disciples experienced another kind of earthquake. When Jesus died, they were shaken to the core. Their whole world came crashing down. Everything they had counted on was shaken. Their faith was shaken. Nothing made sense. They thought the journey they had been on with Jesus was going to lead to him being declared king, and they were gonna be ruling with him. Everything was going to be amazing. It was going to be perfect, but now Jesus was dead, and their journey had hit a dead end. Dead end Friday. Totally blindsided the disciples and sent shockwaves of despair deep into their souls. And we get blindsided by our dead-end Fridays. They come into our lives and they send shockwaves of despair and confusion into our hearts and they shake our faith. And we just never see it coming. Dead-end Fridays just hit and our whole world changes instantly. I mean, you go to work one morning and you come home without a job. Or you plan a vacation and then you get the test results back and you're wondering if you'll even be here to take that vacation. Or you start the day thinking about your to-do list and then you discover your spouse has been unfaithful and you're reeling from betrayal by the end of the day. Or you get that phone call that knocks you to your knees and takes the breath out of you and everything's changed. We're always blindsided by our dead-end Fridays. You never see them coming. But God is never surprised by them. God is not surprised by your dead-end Fridays. God's not surprised by anything, and that's really comforting to me. The disciples were blindsided by that dead-end Friday. The disciples were totally surprised that the dead-end hit, but Jesus wasn't. He knew it was always his Father's plan. It was dead-end Friday, but Resurrection Sunday was coming, and it's comforting to know that nothing surprises God. God is not surprised by what you're going through right now. God doesn't cause the bad things, but he's not surprised by your dead-end Friday. He was already grieving for you before you even knew it was going to hit. Before you got the news, he was already hurting for you. And what you don't realize, what you can't really see right now, 
is your dead end Friday is not the end of the story because Resurrection Sunday is on the way. And there had to be a dead end Friday so there could be a Resurrection Sunday. I mean, there's no Resurrection Sunday without a dead end Friday. There has to be a death before there can be a resurrection. And the disciples were just in dead end Friday and Resurrection Sunday was just around the corner. But dead end Friday is the place where dreams go to die. It's the place where relationships come to die. It's the place where hopes come to die. And that's part of God's plan so many times because without dead end Friday, we would never come to the end of ourselves and experience resurrection. And sometimes a dream has to die before God can resurrect it and it not be the American dream anymore, but it's God's dream for your life, the only dream that can fulfill. Sometimes a marriage has to die before a spouse who's going the wrong direction wakes up. Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom so the only place we can look is up to God. Sometimes God allows everything that we're trusting in to be shaken so we place our trust in the only foundation that is firm. Sometimes God allows us to fail or others to fail us so we turn to the only one who can never fail. And maybe you're in a dead end Friday right now did you ever stop to consider that maybe God allowed that dead end so that you could experience a resurrection? Because those dead end Fridays redirect us. They never leave us where they find us. And maybe God is redirecting your life right now. Maybe God is getting your attention. So when you come to that dead end, you'll realize that you need him, that you'll place your faith in that firm foundation because if your faith is in anything else, that can be changed or taken away, you'll always be insecure. And when the earthquake hits, your life will crumble. But when you place your faith in Jesus, the firm foundation, when the storms hit, when the earthquake rumbles, everything else might crumble around you, but you'll be standing on the solid rock. And he will hold on to you when everything's falling apart, and he will see you through. Let's stand together because I want us to sing about that firm foundation. We live in a very uncertain world, but there's one thing certain. When you place your faith in him, he will never fail you. Let's sing that with all our hearts this Easter. He will never fail you. You can be seated. Hey, the biggest thing the disciples didn't realize is that that dead end Friday was really forgiveness Friday. Look at Colossians 2, 13. You were dead because of your sins and your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us by nailing it to the cross. You see, our sins separate us from holy and perfect God, but God desired a relationship with us so deeply and he loved us so much that he sent Christ, his only son, to the cross to shed his perfect sinless blood so we could have forgiveness. I mean, God is all about forgiveness. Forgiveness is in his DNA. But it's not a forgiveness that says, oh, no big deal, don't worry about it. I forgive you, it's okay. It's not a cheap forgiveness. It costs the son of God his life. You see, we look at our sins, and most of us know that we've sinned, that sure, we've made mistakes. Sure, we don't always have the best thoughts, we have sinful thoughts, sinful actions, and sinful motives, and 
you know, we've all sinned at times. Most of us will recognize that, but it's just, to us, our sins don't seem that bad because we compare ourselves to other people and we think, you know, I'm better than that person, better than that. I do some good things. I'm a pretty good guy. And we're not comparing ourselves to the right one. We're to compare ourselves to perfect, holy God. And sin creates a disconnection. It separates us from perfect God, but God did the only thing that he could do to bring us back into relationship with him and help us to come alive again. He died on the cross to take our place. And it's like he canceled the debt that we couldn't pay. It's kind of like the national debt. It's kind of like that national debt clock in New York City that just keeps ticking upward, upward over and over and over, just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And that's the way the debt of our sins are. We minimize it at times, but guilt is real because it's the consequence of sin. But here's the great news. Because of Easter, you can leave this place with no guilt, not because of anything you've done, but because of what Christ has done on the cross for you is he took our debt and nailed it to that cross, and it's gone forever when we receive that. I know that there's some folks watching online or at our Tascacita campus or broadcast ministry or here in the Woodlands. I know there's some folks that are thinking, I've just gone too far. God can never forgive me. Pastor Kerry, you don't know what I've done. You're a pastor. You don't get it. I mean, my sins are too great. God could never forgive me. And I want you to know that's just not true. Because if you stop running from God and you just turn to him, he will run to you. Because he is the God of the lost cause. He is the God of the hopeless case. He's the God of the second chance because he is the God of amazing grace. And that God of amazing grace will welcome you home. And then there's others of us here today that think we don't really need forgiveness. I mean, we're not like those folks that have gone so far from God and committed all these horrific sins. And, you know, I mean, we don't really need forgiveness. And I want you to know the person who thinks they've gone too far to get forgiveness is a lot closer to God than the person who thinks they don't need forgiveness. Because the only people that get forgiveness are those who admit they need forgiveness. The only people who receive salvation are those who admit they need salvation. And sometimes we're blinded to the fact of how much we need God, how much we need what Christ did. You see, my sins and your sins were so bad that it caused the God of the universe to die a horrific, painful, excruciatingly painful death upon a cross to shed his perfect sinless blood to take away my sins. But he loves forgiveness. Forgiveness is what God is all about. When we turn to him, he's ready to forgive and he cancels the whole debt, gone forever. And that's an amazing thing. Before the disciples, that dead end Friday, moved into silent Saturday. And the Bible has a lot to say about the events of Good Friday, and the Bible has a lot to say about the events of Resurrection Sunday, but there's not much in Scripture about that silent Saturday. And you see, most Christians celebrate Good Friday, and they celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but most Christians just skip over remembering silent Saturday. But in life, no one gets to skip over Silent Saturday. That Silent Saturday is the place of in-between, that season between the struggle and the solution, between the hurt and the healing, and we all have to go through Silent Saturday. That season of in-between where it seems like you're stuck and you're not making any progress, you're just there in your Silent Saturday. 
For you see, it was on that silent Saturday that the disciples scattered in despair. Everything in their world went silent that day as the one that placed all their hopes and dreams in was now dead. And you see, they thought their silent Saturday would last forever. They thought it was the end. It was just silent Saturday. Celebration Sunday was just one sunrise away. They just didn't know that it was silent Saturday, but shouting Sunday was just one sunrise away. And it's in our silent Saturday where it seems God is silent and the heavens are silent and we don't know what God is up to and it's so confusing. I have to admit, I really struggle with silent Saturdays. I really do. Those seasons of in-between where you can't see what God is up to and you just feel like God is silent and you're stuck and you don't know what God is doing in your life at the moment. I think the reason why we struggle so much with silent Saturdays is because it gets right down to that core question. Does God really care? I mean, does God really care about what I'm going through? They make us begin to doubt and we wonder, God, where are you? God, what are you up to? God, don't you know what I'm going through? God, don't you care about this debilitating depression that I can't seem to break free from? God, don't you care about that financial burden and the stress that I'm trying to get out of? God, don't you care about my child who's sick and having treatments? God, don't you care about the hurt from my past that's wounded me so deeply that I don't think I'll ever get over it? God, don't you care? And then also, and God, why don't you do something about it? Silent Saturdays calls us to ask that question, God, don't you care? Because we think Silent Saturday is going to last forever. But what we don't know, what we don't get so many times, is it's just Silent Saturday. It's just Silent Saturday, and Resurrection Sunday is just one sunrise away. It's just Silent Saturday, and it's part of God's plan and purpose. I want you to look at this next verse. It's a prophecy about Silent Saturday. In Acts 2.27, it says, because you do not abandon my soul to the grave or allow your Holy One to decay. You see, God the Father promised the Son that even though there would be a silent Saturday in the grave, God would never abandon him. Jesus knew that his Father would not leave him alone in the grave, and God will not leave you alone in your silent Saturday. His silence is not his absence. Did you get that? His silence is not his absence. Just because God is silent, just because you feel stuck, just because you don't know what God is up to, doesn't mean that he's left you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. If you're a Christ follower, that's his promise to you. If you go to the depths of the earth or the heights of heaven, he is there with you. Whatever you walk through, he will walk through it with you. When you walk through hell, he will walk through hell with you and he will bring you out on the other side. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And just because you can't feel his presence, just because you don't know what he's up to, doesn't mean he's not there. His promise tells us that in our silent Saturdays, he won't abandon us. He will always be there with us. In fact, he's close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And maybe you feel like you're in a silent Saturday today that you don't know what God is up to, that nothing makes sense and the heavens are silent and it feels like God is nowhere around Maybe your heart is crushed today. Just know that God is closer to you than ever before. Maybe you can't feel him right now. It's because you're in a silent Saturday and it's not gonna last forever. You're just in a silent Saturday. 
sunrise is coming. It's always darkest before dawn, and you're just in a silent Saturday, but Resurrection Sunday is just a sunrise away. So what do you do in your silent Saturdays? Look at it with me in Psalm 62, five, because this is what you do in your silent Saturday. It says, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in him. In our silent Saturdays, wait on the Lord. Don't give up. You keep waiting on the Lord. It's not gonna last forever. Feels like it is, but you wait on the Lord. He's gonna come through for you. Keep trusting, keep believing, even if you don't feel like it. Keep trusting, keep waiting on the Lord, keep obeying. Resurrection Sunday is a sunrise away. You know, the Jews divided days very differently than we do. We divide days at midnight, but they would divide days at sunset, from sunset to sunset, and that's why the Sabbath is still starting on Friday at sunset. And so they would count it as a day if it was any part of a day. And that's why when Jesus was crucified Friday evening, it was counted as one day. When he rose from the dead Sunday at dawn, that was counted as one day, and then Saturday between. So that's why it's considered three days in the tomb according to the first century Jews. But in our way of counting days, in our way of looking at it, really Jesus was only in the tomb for one full day. And that's why Silent Saturday is so important. It's when death had its day. Death had to have its day so God could have the final say. Death had to have its one day so God would have every day for all eternity for us. Jesus didn't just die, he was dead for a day. And Silent Saturdays are so important because they let us feel the full weight of how weak we really are. Because sometimes when we're in the middle of a Silent Saturday, we feel like that we can still solve the problem. We can still get out of this, we can still fix this, we can still change this situation. We can still get through this problem, let's try something else, and a relationship is just falling apart. Well, I can change that other person, I can fix this situation. But Silent Saturday helps us feel the full weight of our powerlessness. But it also helps us feel the full power of God's strength. I mean, if God had raised Christ from the dead, just one second after the crucifixion, we wouldn't appreciate it. I mean, think about this. Jesus said the words, it is finished, and he hung his head, and he died, and then boom, he's alive again. I mean, we wouldn't think much of it, would we? He was dead for a full day. He didn't just die, this is really important. He was dead for a full day. He was in the grave so that he could defeat death and the grave and hell forever. Death had its day, but Jesus Christ won the day. Think about this. If God solved all your problems just one minute after they came into your life, you wouldn't appreciate God's power. And you wouldn't know how weak you are without him. You wouldn't know how dependent you really are on God. And you're dependent on God for your next breath. It's just that we don't think about that very often. If God solved all my problems one minute after they came into my life, I would never pray. I would never depend on God. But as we go through Silent Saturday, we get to the place where we feel the full weight of our weakness, and then God comes through on Resurrection Sunday, and it builds our faith. And we begin to comprehend just a little bit of how great God's power is. And it helps us build our faith in his strength. And it helps us grow in our relationship with God Almighty. And maybe you feel discouraged today because you're in a Silent Saturday, and you think it's gonna last forever. Just remember, God's not finished with you yet. 
Death may have its day, but God has the final say. And right now, you may feel buried beneath your problems and pain, but if you'll turn to him in your silent Saturday, you'll come alive again. Silent Saturday didn't last forever, and one sunrise, it was Resurrection Sunday. Let's look at it in Matthew 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. He rose again and defeated death, so we don't have to be afraid of death anymore. Because of Resurrection Sunday, we can have heaven one day, this perfect place that's beyond our wildest dreams, and the reason why we always have a little bit of dissatisfaction here on earth. We always have a longing for something better is because you were made for eternity. You were made for heaven. You were created by God to have a relationship with God and to be with him in heaven one day in his forever family. And resurrection makes all the difference. It proved Jesus is who he said he was, that he died to forgive us of our sins and he rose to raise us up to new life here on earth and eternal life in heaven one day. Dead end Friday and silent Saturday had to make way for Resurrection Sunday. For you see, he's the God of the last word. He's the God of the final say. He's the God who always has the last word in everything because Friday and Saturday wrote down the word hopeless, but God just added a Sunday and changed everything. Folks, he's not on the cross anymore. He's alive to make all the difference in our lives. And the tomb is empty so my life can be filled. I love the phrase in that last song Stephen did, are you praying for a change in your life? Are you praying for a change in your life? God wants to give you purpose. I believe God wants to make some big and amazing changes in our lives this Easter. Do you need a fresh start? That's what the resurrection is all about. God specializes in resurrection. He can resurrect dying hopes, dying dreams. He specializes in it. I want us to stand because I want us to sing that he is alive and he lives. And I want you to think about what that means because as you stand, I want you to know that every one of the world's great religions, just about every one of them, their leader died and they buried him. And now they come and worship at the tomb and they know that his body was right there. And if they ever found Jesus' body, Christianity would be done, finished. But you know what? I've been to the tomb in Jerusalem several times. He's not there. He's alive. He's alive to make all the difference in our lives. Let's sing it. Because he lives, we can live. Yeah, he's alive. You can be seated. He died and he rose again to take away all our sins and purchase a place in heaven for us. He canceled out our debt and he gives us a free ticket to heaven that we can never earn and never deserve, but we have to receive it. The Bible says that you believe and you receive. Believe literally means in the Greek to place your life upon. It means to stake your eternal destiny upon Jesus to get you to heaven. It means stop trying to save yourself 
and admit that you need his forgiveness and you need him to save you. There's nothing you can do to get to perfect heaven except trust him who's made a way for you. You believe, and then you receive. You've got to receive Christ into your life. It's a personal decision. There has to be a point in time in your life where you decide that you want Christ in your life. He never forces his way into your life. You have to choose to let him come into your life and be your savior, be your Lord. And then when you do that, the Bible says that God writes your name in the book of life. And that's what you want. You want your name to be in the book of life. You know, we all want to make a name for ourselves. I mean, there's just something in us. But that really comes from the fact that we want our names in the book of life and we settle for substitutes so many times. Have you ever been out to the Hollywood Walk of Fame? And I think that that's a lot of actors, you know, that's their dream to one day have their name and sign their name in the cement there and have that star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Their name on the Walk of Fame, it couldn't get any better. It means so much, but really? Who cares? I mean, people just walk over those, and who knows what's on their shoes? I mean, but here's the real thing. One day, that Walk of Fame's gonna crumble to dust. It's not gonna be there. Some people wanna get their name on a building. When I get my name on a building, it'll last forever. Get a name on a monument, it'll last forever. We always wanna make a name for ourselves, do something with our lives that really has a legacy forever. God put that in us, but really? Oh, really, what, what it comes down to is we want our names written in the book of life. Scripture says, don't rejoice that your name's on anything else, but rejoice that your name is in the book of life because that's all that matters for all eternity. And when you believe in Christ and receive him, and you don't have to have a big faith, a mustard seed faith to believe in Christ. Maybe you don't have much faith. Take the little bit of imperfect faith you have and place it on him and receive him into your life. You can't save yourself. It's not about religion. It's all about a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And so has there ever been a point in time where you have received and believed in Christ and you know for sure your name is in the book of life and you know for sure you'll be in heaven one day? The Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants you to know he wants you to experience forgiveness. He wants you to experience purpose in life today and heaven one day. I want us to do something really powerful. It's been an amazing time this Easter at Woodland Church. We've given you a connect card on your way in if you're at one of our campuses. If you're worshiping with us online, you can just click on that and get the connect card right there. But there is a little rectangle at the top of your connect card. And here's what I want you to do. If you're not sure you've ever believed and received Jesus into your life and accepted his free gift of heaven one day, then would you just put the letter A, I wanna accept Christ today. And maybe you'd say, Carrie, I think I have, but I'm not sure, get it settled today. You can always remember Easter 2022, you got it settled. And something happens when you make the decision and just write down A, I wanna accept Christ. I don't care what anyone else thinks, I need Jesus and I wanna accept Christ, I wanna get it settled today. Just put A, I'm accepting Christ. Or maybe you'd say, Carrie, I know that I'm a Christ follower. I've already accepted Christ. I believed and received, but I gotta admit, I've wandered away from God. And I've gotten really cold lately in my faith and hadn't been in church in a while. And would you just 
renew your faith this Easter? Come back to God and just, just put R, I'm renewing my faith. And by the way, if you put these letters down, we're not gonna come to your house to bug you about that. We'll send you some information on how to grow in your faith, but just put R, I'm coming back. And be here the next few weeks for the new series and get reconnected at church and in a life group and, and a team and serving. But then if you'd say, Carrie, I'll consider Christ, but I'm not even sure I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, that's pretty tough for me to believe. I'm not even sure I believe in God. You know, we have a lot of atheists and agnostics that come to Woodland Church, and I, I admire that because that means that they have an open mind to do an honest intellectual search and kind of check it out to see if there's anything to it. And if you'll just do an honest intellectual search, God will meet you right where you are. And, but if you'll put a C there, we got a special gift for you. We want you to take it out to the table out there, and we're gonna give you a free copy of our own Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ, how he was an atheist, but yet he did a search for the truth and looked at the evidence of the resurrection, and it was overwhelming, and he took a step of faith, and it changed his life forever. We wanna help you in your spiritual journey. Have you put an A? If you did, we've had hundreds who've done that. What we're going to do If you put an A, in a little bit, we're gonna have this really powerful moment, a powerful song, and what I want you to do, I'm gonna come up sometime during that song and ask you, if you put A, while everyone's standing, just come over here to the side, and and they're gonna make room, make way for you, and just come over here, and would y'all hold up the signs, make your mark, because what we want you to do, if you receive Christ, we want you to come over here, we're gonna give you a pen, a silver or gold pen, and we wanna lead you up on stage, and you can sign your name on stage, and we've had hundreds upon hundreds do that already in our Easter services, and you can sign your name on the stage, and we'll take a picture of you with your cell phone so you can always remember this symbol that your name is written in the book of life. That's what it's all about. And so would you bow your head with me? And if you've never received Christ or you're not sure that you have, just pray this prayer and accept him and receive him into your life. Um, I wanna ask everyone to pray this prayer out loud to make those who are praying it for the first time feel more comfortable to do that. So just repeat after me. Every one of you in the room, just say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I need your forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. Thank you that you rose again. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I accept your free gift of heaven one day Now help me grow in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Maybe you don't feel any different right now. It's not about feelings. It's about your faith and the fact that he does what he says he'll do, and you got a ticket to heaven now. Your name has been written in the book of life. They're having a party in heaven and celebrating. It's amazing. Hey, we're at the part of our service now where we give back to God. Hey, by the way, if you're online and you prayed to receive Christ, just click, I'm raising my hand to receive Christ. But we're gonna have our offering right now, and if you're a first-time guest, don't feel obligated to give. I mean, if you want to, fine, but this is our gift to you. Our regular tenders love to put God first and give, and 
we love the ministries and missions of this church that make such an impact. And so we're gonna give at this time and our ushers are gonna come and take the offering. And, and there are many ways to give. If you're online, you can go right now to wc.org give and you can set it up there. Or anywhere, you can take out your smartphone and use our PushPay app and just text the word GIVEWC. It's one word, put it together, GIVEWC to 97000. And there are many ways to give, but put God first and give. He's given us so much for God so loved the world that he gave. God's a giver. And we wanna give to be more like him. Hey, while they're taking the offering, I've got a couple of really important announcements. I'm starting a new series next weekend that I'm calling Lemonade, and it's all about how God wants to take all the things life throws at you and use those very things to take you to the next level, to turn them around to take you to the next level. We just see them as problems. God sees them as possibilities. I'm really excited about this series, so don't miss it. We have our regular service times at 6 p.m. Saturday night. 9.30 9.30 and 11.30 on Sunday morning and a tradition service in the chapel at nine. And uh, uh, the same service times at Atascacita campus. Um, so find a campus close to you and invite friends. Come next weekend. We're also having a spring family festival next weekend. We're gonna have games and rides and bouncies and food and lemonade stands everywhere. It's gonna be so much fun for the whole family. It'll be before and after each service next weekend. Starting the new series and the Spring Family Festival next weekend. Make sure you're back next weekend and connect with us. It's gonna be powerful. God's up to great things, Will and Church. I want us to stand right now. And we're gonna sing about the homecoming that's coming because we want you to come home this Easter. We want you to come home this Easter and just make sure that your name's written in the book of life. But one day, there'll be a real homecoming in heaven that perfect place of total fulfillment. It's not sitting on a cloud playing a harp. It's a place of total fulfillment and meaning and purpose, and Christ is there to welcome us with our homecoming, and there'll be an ultimate homecoming one day, and God wants you to be there. He wants you to receive his son because he's gonna welcome us home. We live in a very uncertain world, and in this world, there's always gonna be trouble, But take heart, he has overcome the world. See, we're not in heaven yet. There's always pain and problems and difficulties and heartache, but he'll see you through every one, and then one day he'll take us to heaven. We live on this earth just a short time, but eternity is forever, and that's what you were made for, and there's gonna be a homecoming one day. And sometime during this song, I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna ask you, if you put an A on your card, to come right down here. Show them, guys. Come right down here during the song. And everyone's standing, so it'll be easy to get out. Come right down here from the balcony. You can get out from all over. We've had hundreds come down and sign, and it's been so powerful. And so I'll come back, and I'll ask you to do that during this song. And don't wait. This is your day. You see, there was Dead End Friday. There was Silent Saturday and there's Resurrection Sunday, but this is your day. This is your moment. It really comes down to moments, life does. Did you realize that there are three or four defining moments that come into every life? I can look back on my life and there've been three or four defining moments that I I took a step forward in faith and God took me to the next level. Three or four defining moments where if you take a step of faith, God just takes it from there. But if you take a step back in fear, It really sets you back. I believe with all my heart, this is a defining moment. And you never get to choose when defining moments come your way. 
I've never gotten to choose the time. They're just there. And you sense it. And then you got to choose to take a step of faith or step back in fear. This is your moment. This is your miracle. This is your day. You're thinking about where you're going to eat. You're thinking about what you got to do. You're thinking about all these things. I want you to know we're going to hold the Easter egg hunt until you get there. I promise you. I promise you that. You know it lasts 30 seconds, but I promise you. I'm not, they're not going to do it until I tell them to, okay? I promise you. This is your moment. Don't miss this moment. Oh, maybe sometime. Today's your someday. Today is your moment. Today is your miracle. This is your day. Don't dare miss it. Let's sing. All right, if you put A, I'm, gonna accept, I'm accepting Christ, or even if you didn't do that yet and you want to accept Christ, come on down right now. Just let, let uh, move aside if someone's coming and just make way. Come on, right? Give them a big cheer, you guys. This is your day. And then the balcony, come on down. And we're going to wait for you. Come on down. I know some of you are thinking, should I, should I? Come on. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. This is your day. This is your defining moment that you'll never forget. And we're going to give you a pen. Come up on stage. We'll take your picture with your cell phone. And you're going to write your name because it symbolizes that your name's in the book of life. You know you'll be forever in heaven one day because Jesus died. He rose again. And he's alive to make all the difference in your life. Come on right now. It's not too late. I know you're thinking about it. And I know all you got to do is take one step. Believe me, you take one step and God will take you the rest of the way and you'll never be the same again. Don't miss your defining moment. The miracle's in the moment. Come on right now. It's not too late. Come on. We're going to wait for you. Come on. Come on. Come home this Easter. Come home. It's not too late. Don't miss it. Come home. This is your homecoming and one day we'll be in heaven forever. Let's sing. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.